So this is our Pulp Revelators uh, Facebook Live. And uh, this past weekend, DC took over the weekend with their DC fandom to announce all kinds of uh, movie and games announcements. And, and not enough of us in, in the Pulp Revelators are gamers to know really what to say about games. So we're going to kind of stick to the movies. So we've got a uh, a crew tonight of myself, Mike Valiant. We've got Darkside, aka Gary Skirka. We've got the Condiment King, also known as Mark and Brooks Mangold, and Sad, who we haven't seen. Uh oh. <laughs> and we have Sad, the DC fan who has been. Always sad about the state of DC movies, clearly, and still with a little Phantom of the Opera. Uh, I don't know how to get rid of it. <laughs> I, <do. laughs> I don't remember how I did that last. That just makes it the best that you can't get rid of the Phantom. Back. <laughs> but we've, we've got a sad Phantom. Um, but I think that was pretty cool when we have been in our quarantine time. So these big comic conventions that are that are normally all encompassing haven't been happening. So DC took to their own airwaves and said, all right, we're going to have, we're going to make some announcements. We're going to do some cool stuff. We're going to get everybody excited. Um, and so they've had a lot to talk about on the movie front. They've had, you know, a, a new teaser trailer for Wonder Woman in 1984 for Suicide Squad, for uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League. They've promoted Black Adam. They've talked about the Batman. So we're just kind of going to go through things um and and talk about them and then talk about what was missing and what we're really excited about uh so why don't we start with our friend dark side skirka um and what do you want to kick off with gary i'm gonna go with uh well there's two of them and i can't decide which one i like best um the snyder cut and the batman um, trailers. Uh, so I'll start off with Batman since that's the biggest popular one because Rob Liefeld said so on Twitter. Um, but I, um, so one of the things that I really liked about it that stood out is that again, we're going back to kind of his, uh, his first years as Batman. So he's not the perfect detective. He's not the perfect Batman that we're used to seeing that can outplan everybody. He's just starting out. So he's going to make mistakes. Um, and <laughs> Dustin's joining. Hey, <laughs> I am here. No end of surprises, but I don't think anybody can see you until you have your screen back, Dustin. So uh, I, I know I um I uh, I'm dri- <laughs> I'm driving, so that's why I'm doing something illegal. So, so any officers I mean, I- that are now watching us on live, <laughs> Tim's not on there, is he? I should probably put my seatbelt on before I uh, put the video on. <laughs> All right, Gary, so you're talking about here? the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> uh. So anything. So anyway, um, so 
Batman. Um, have completely lost where I was. Oh, and um, what's really cool is in an interview, Matt Reeves essentially said that the movie is going to be Batman Year Two, and there's actually a TV series coming on that will be Batman Year One from the point of view of one of the police officers in Gotham. So you actually get to see the buildup of Gotham and then the movie. <laughs> <laughs> And there's Dustin driving. You never know what's going to happen on these episodes. Um, but uh, and one of the things, and I think I commented to a few of you that really stood out, is the one thing that I've hated about some of the Batman movies is the hand-to-hand combat and just uh, having combat experience. Um, you know, some of it's just been horrible. And you're like, oh, that's not realistic at all. That would never work. You might as well go back to the 60s TV show where they're going bang and biff. And um, it actually looks pretty decent because in a combat situation, in the one scene, he is just railing on the guy. And that's basically what you're going to do. Like, you can take all the kung fu you want when somebody's rushing at you. Then you're not suddenly going to go in the horse stance and be ready to fight him. Um, you're pretty much just going to be like just throwing down on him. So I'm really excited about the Batman. And I'm really excited for my dog to shut up. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it looked great too, man. I, I mean, I think it, it was kind of everything you expected it to be and, and you know, maybe a little bit more. Um, I thought everything looked great. I thought the costumes looked great. I thought Pattinson looked really good. I was super stoked when they said it was going to be a detective story, right? I mean, that's the heart of Batman, the world's greatest detective. And it, and it seems like that they're really gunning for that. And uh, I thought, you know, that was probably the one that had the most hype other than maybe the Snyder Cut. I thought it totally lived up to everything I, I was hoping it would look like. The music was really cool. I could still hear the score in my head. You know what I mean? I mean, I thought they're off to a really good start for that, I think. And they saved it to last. It was the, the finale of the of the show. And I got to say, you know, I, I think for most comic fans, it was almost, you know, dead in the water when they announced Pattinson for Batman. You're like, oh, come on, really? You know, <laughs> we've got, you know, Edward from the, the Twilight series. This is This is never going to work. But a lot of the real comic folks said, ooh, he might be a perfect young Bruce Wayne. He could be really well cast for that. But we've got, uh, it, it, there's no way of avoiding it. We've got Sad on here, looking sad, who is the, one of the biggest <laughs> Batman fans in the world, um, who I think might still be scarred from Ben Affleck being Batman. <laughs> um, <laughs> or not. I like Ben Affleck as Batman. All right. <laughs> All right, so sad. What did you think of the uh, Batman trailer? Um, I am cautiously optimistic. That's about it. Actually, the Batman movies, minus uh, George Lucas, not George Lucas, uh, um, Batman 4, Batman and, uh, Batman and Robin. Besides that one, there are, Batman has had a pretty solid run. Um, and that Batman and Robin, it has its ups and downs. It's a good campy movie. It's a good, uh, it's a good laugh. It. Does it is not by any definition, a good movie. <laughs> if you want to laugh at it, it's a comedy. It's a comedy. <laughs> I mean, it's a comedy Batman. There's just, there's no excuse to screw up a Batman movie, right? I mean, it's been around forever. There's been so many good runs. There's been so many good writers on it. And it's just, I mean, they, they've dialed it in. I mean, I, I feel like there hasn't, I agree with you. There really hasn't been any bad ones to date, 
certainly less, it certainly got a higher percentage rate of success, you know, than any of the other ones for sure. It'd be kind of hard to screw it up, but they did a great job with it so far. And I think that's a perfect point too. You're talking about how many great runs there have been, you know, when you can dip into Frank Miller's run or you can dip into, you know, the idea here because there's been so many Batman stories told that the early Batman, the year two Batman is different, you know, and that's so, so Batman who doesn't know all the answers, Batman who doesn't have all the working gadgets, Batman who doesn't, who the city is not afraid of yet in that same way, uh, gives you a lot of playground, uh, you know, a lot of room to have a good time with. Yeah. And that's something I feel like they've been exploring a lot lately. I mean, Snyder did the year zero, you know, run. And then of course the Gotham TV show. And it's just, and I love Gotham Academy, any Gotham Academy book they've had, if they're going to explore that world too, it's just, it's, it should be really, they're setting up this world as part of the multiverse as like a whole separate Mm -hmm. thing. And I'm super excited about it. I mean, it seems like he's got a pretty clear vision for it and it's, it's awesome so far. In the Gotham Academy, uh, that was a good uh, bring up because it, uh, I don't even know if that's a term, but anyway, I'll go with it. Um, Because it it would pull in kind of like the younger fans because it really was geared, but it had that whole flavor of mystery with, um, you know, the villains and different connections that you didn't see in the normal Batman book. Yeah, it was really great. And the Gotham Central stuff was good too. I mean, all I feel like they can play off all that and it's just a really good place to start, you know, in that second year. You're going to see all, you know, apparently you're going to get to see almost all of the villains, right? I mean, Penguin's going to be in it. Riddler's going to be in it. Riddler's, I mean, it's there's, there's never been a good Riddler on screen. I do feel confident saying that other than <laughs> depending on how you feel about the 60s. <laughs> you know, Frank Corshin. Yeah, it was just awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Gotham, Gotham, uh, Gotham Central, that was a another good reference. I mean, they have a whole universe there that could go the route of all the police procedurals that are on now i mean yeah. you know, they could go very well do all the uh, law and order type of shows just based on gotten central and some of the stories that were provided in that yeah and i feel like that that's the angle they might be taking for that hbo max show um so we'll you know it, it, I'm, I'm excited about it so we can circle back around i'm sure we're not done talking about batman but um before we move on to something else, I, I think we got to have Pastor Dustin. Uh, can you weigh in yet, Dustin, or you you, you need to wait a little while? Because I know you I wanted to weigh. In, I want to weigh in on Batman, man. I know you do. Now. He's like, hold on, hold That's on. Like, Let me run this police officer real quick. I know. I'll yeah. <laughs> I'm just thankful Tim's not on. Oh wait, Zach's on. I forgot about that. <laughs> but this isn't Zach's jurisdiction, so it doesn't. He's count. already called him. It, it's in the state of Maryland, bro. It is my jurisdiction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that's right. I thought, you know, never mind. All right. Three reasons why I think this Batman movie is going to be really good and it might be better than the first and third of Christopher Nolan's trilogy. I don't think it will. I don't think it will beat the Dark Knight. I just think that's unbeatable. Um, I don't know. I can't see that being tapped. But one uh, is the fighting style that we find just in the trailer you know i've said this in our group text it reminds me so much of netflix's daredevil which was awesome you know the fighting there is like you can actually see everything whereas like if you remember batman begins like all you see is batman's feet 
as he's beating up bad guys. And then after like 30 seconds of feet pictures, then you see everybody laying on the floor. That's not, that's not a fighting movie. You know, as whereas you find in like Netflix's Daredevil is you see him go for 10 minutes of screen time through these long alleyways or long hallways and just beat the crap out of people. Like, you know, if just fisticuff style. So that too, you know, I've heard that this is supposed to be more detective based and I just finished watching uh, like binge watching BBC Sherlock. Mm. And I realized the reason I liked it so much was because it, it is a, you know, that's what Sherlock is. He is a detective and that's who Batman is based off of. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> He's in the opposite of the speed force. I think what's intriguing about Batman is, you know, it's the terminal. Like, <laughs> uh, one, Batman. Justin, we've lost you a little bit, man. Jeff Johns. Did you? Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Am I just talking this whole time? At least, like, the last, uh, like, 45 seconds of that, you were like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dang so, it. <laughs> you know what I just said was super brilliant and awesome. And <laughs> I just don't know if it can even be repeated, man. <laughs> that stinks. So what was point three? What did you get? Um, All right, real quick. Three points. One, fighting style like Daredevil from Netflix. Two, detective face. Three, like Jeff Johns, Earth One. Okay. Where he's like, you know, he's still fumbling around, still trying to figure things out. He's not like Frank Miller's, you know, like, I'm not going to say it because a kid's on our podcast. (laughs) You know, the blank Batman. He's not just some badass who has it all together. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I love when the pastor podcast is like, I can't say this because, <laughs> right? Yeah, but um, no, I, I agree. Has anyone heard? And since we're still talking about Batman, has anyone heard what storylines they're pulling from? I mean, there was there was the original year two, but it doesn't appear like that, right? Um, I did see Darwin Cook's um wife, she was posting about on Twitter. Yeah, something yeah. about Batman Ego, which is like a one-shot he did, but I haven't found any mention of that being used. So I was wondering if you guys had seen anything. All I've seen is from Twitter people uh, rumoring about Colin Farrell walking out of like Barnes & Noble with one of the earlier, before Snyder took over Batman. I can't remember who that was. Yeah, I mean, it feels like that the you know, zero year that war Tom King to that war of jokes and riddles. I mean, it's kind of got that yeah. vibe to it. I, I heard that there's a court of owls reference in there somewhere, you know, that they're, they're, that they're setting that up. Not so much for this one, but uh, for down the line later, they're kind of planting the seed for that. As Batman flies across my screen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to touch on something that, uh, that both Dustin and I talked about the fight scenes. Um, there was a good fight scene in Batman versus Superman when he rescues Martha. Um, but you know, it, <laughs> you that would was, someone out of a window. Was actually a decent fight scene where he kind of clears the room, and they, you know they pulled from Dark Knight on that with the uh, guy who's holding 
the hostage and all, but that was actually sort of decent. But I, I do like what they showed in the preview better, where it's just that down dirty. Your reaction is going to be like, I got to bash this guy in the face a bunch of times. So, um, but yeah, that's, I, I definitely, that's one of the things that I really liked about it and, and everything else. I mean, the entire, just the whole um, feeling of the trailer was really good and Batman-esque and um, it's helping me get over the sparkly uh, Batman I was expecting due to Twilight. The Batman who, who sparkles. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be good. They've yeah, only filmed like 40% of the movie, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they still... were really just grabbing early footage to make that teaser, you know, which is yeah. even cooler. Yeah. So definitely excited. And Pastor Batman, we won't be done talking about Batman for sure. But I know <laughs> we've got to kind of move around a little bit so that we, we make sure we get everything covered. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and a, <clears throat> of the movies that we haven't talked about yet. The closest one to 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 being released is Wonder Woman 1984, probably the one that people are least excited about in the larger scheme of things. But the first Wonder Woman was a was a great movie, and and they're bringing out and so this is in the the teaser that they brought out in this one, we really see uh, Kristen Wiig um, as Cheetah a lot more than we have seen before. So that was sort of the pull. Um, and you know, for, for pop culture fans, um, one of the bad guys is also the Mandalorian in another life, but, um, yeah. you know, um, so any thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984? Um, I gotta start. Go ahead, Zach. One, I was surprised to see Kristen Wiig, who is a hysterical comedian being a action movie villain. Yeah, I'm still kind of having a hard time wrapping my yeah. head around that as well. That's going to be, she's going to have to be real good for me to switch that mindset yep. um, from bridesmaids mm-hmm. to evil villain. And I totally expect that she can. I think she's mm-hmm. uber talented, but I'm still just, I can't visualize it. I'm having a hard time with it. She'll definitely pull up the awkward where Barbara Minerva at the beginning yeah. was really awkward in that introvert way. But yeah, actually being evil and just down actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe it's a thing like with Ruffalo, you know, I mean, where they, like you said, they'll, she'll, he'll nail, you know, she'll nail the, uh, this, the alter ego part. And then they're going to CGI so much of the cheetah anyway mm-hmm. that, you know, because you're right. I mean, she did, she looked great when they showed her like in the library or whatever with the glasses and the hair. I mean, she really did. She had that awkward thing nailed. Um, and then they'll probably just CGI the rest anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> And then Max Lord as the bad guy is exciting because his storyline with Wonder Woman set off of uh, set off um, Infinite Crisis or helped set off Infinite Crisis. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, and he's just a really good CD bad guy, like this guy <laughs> that can make you do anything. And he's a businessman and all of that. He really fits like all the check marks that you can see in a in a like a villain. Hmm. And it really looks like uh, Pedro Pascal, just even with the hair and everything, it's really kind of playing it up. He's so good. I mean, he's such a great actor. And you feel like if they're giving some, you know, if they're giving him that part, it's probably got staying power. Right. It's probably not just a one film thing. And um, which is exciting, because like you mentioned, the Infinite Crisis thing and just everywhere he can go with that character, just kind of being this over 
hanging bad guy that's pulling strings behind the scenes. You know, in a way, you probably are used to seeing Lex Luthor do, you know, with business and shady corporations and doing and that kind of thing. But it'd be nice to see someone else doing that. I think it was a great choice, casting and character. And I think you've got, you know, from the trailers, you've got Wonder Woman, like, lassoing lightning and flying around. I mean, just, you know, craziness. It looks like it's going to be larger than life, you know, with, you know, rife with 80s, comic 80s references and things going on and and Steve Trevor kind of being the man out of time and not understanding how things work. It it, it looks like it could be um, a ton of fun, you know, it all around. I think that's the idea. Um, I, I do agree with you, though. Like, I, I felt like, you know, before we got on here, I was talking to Brooks about all the movies. and I was like, what do you think of the Wonder Woman panel? And he was like, I, I really dug it. I said, what do you like about it? He's like, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> and I, I feel like, I mean, they, they pushed it pretty hard. There were three or four different panels with it. Mm-hmm. And of, of all the movies, it was probably the one I was least excited about, other than the Aquaman panel, because I don't know that they really revealed anything there other right. than just kind of talking around, you know, everything. But I, I think of all the movies, it was probably, it still, it looked great, but it still was probably the one I was least excited about. Brooks is excited because it's probably going to bring back parachute pants. And he was thinking when he saw that, he was like, I want to wear a parachute pants. He's got several pair. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about it, when, if, if you go into the weekend, right, and you go, okay, Snyder Cut, that's, that's some of the biggest movie news from D.C. Batman, nobody's been talking about yet. Suicide Squad with James Gunn. You know, Black Adam's got The Rock. We already kind of knew a little bit about what Wonder Woman was going to be out. We've seen a couple different trailers. And so we're just waiting for the movie to come out. Um, Yeah. Well, and you also have Flashpoint that's been rumored for years and it kept getting put off even before the pandemic. Um, And then suddenly they kind of revealed a bit about it, especially the news that Batflex is going to be back in uh, Flashpoint. So um, which is great. I mean, because I went back kind of getting excited for the Snyder cut because I am excited about it, which we'll talk about later. But I went back and watched the other Justice League. And after you watch it a few times, it's really not that horrible. Um, it definitely has some corny parts, but you could see where like, you know, 10 year old me would have loved that movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I never hated any of the DC movies as, you know, everybody else did. I mean, as much as the critics certainly did or the pop culture pundits. I mean, I don't think any of them are terrible. I mean, I, I feel like not my flash disagrees. <laughs> I just wasn't a fan of Barry Allen as the Ezra Miller as the flash. I was going to say, what gave you the idea that he disagrees with that? Is it the Brown? Sooner or later, we're going to get a flash that, that, you know, that actually looks like he's running fast. Sooner, you know, <laughs> You know, these kind of limbs flying and, and streaks going by. And uh, I love the Flash character, but I, but not being a, a, a longtime DC reader, I don't know enough about all of the Flashpoint and the Speed Force. And the, um, but I did hear uh, who were they working with um, on the Flash movie, who who they pulled in to help with the script and everything. It was, um, oh man, I can't think of his name. Grant Morrison. Weren't they working with Grant Morrison on the script a little bit? I mean, that would make sense. I mean, I, I feel like the in, in the cinematic universe, they're trying to do the same thing that they did with him 
in the comic books where they use him basically to retcon everything, you know what I mean? And they're <laughs> looking at this whole, you know, I mean, they, they have a mess, right? I mean, they got, you know, a Justice League movie that nobody really liked. I like, we talked about it, but a lot, most people did not like, they didn't like Batman versus Superman. They have the Flash TV show and the whole Arrowverse, which has surpassed the movies in popularity. And then they have, you know, of course the Nolan trilogy and then the, you know, the Joker, the, the Phoenix, you know, Joker movie. And they have all these separate universes and the only way to really make any of it make sense is to do this, you know, retcon job with the Flash where they, I guess that's what they're setting up before in Flashpoint. So, I mean, it would make sense to bring Morrison in because he's kind of the, you know, the multiverse master. He's kind of the one that has explored it most recently in that one shot that they did a couple of years ago. It makes total sense, right? Mm-hmm. To try to bring that in. But that's really the only way they can make sense of <laughs> the kind of mess that they have, you know? And they were um, one of the smartest things they did was during this past season, the TV show is really play up the multiverse and then spoiler alert. But if you haven't watched it yet, it's kind of on you. Um, but um, the uh, Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller showing up during that storyline as the flash. So um, they've already proven that you have the different characters with the different actors. They may not look the same. And apparently with Flashpoint, you have Michael Keaton also in the movie as Batman. So you have the Ben Affleck Batman at some point, and then you have the Michael Keaton Batman, which is going to be so awesome to see him back in that role. Is I it? love Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, is it? I think Flashpoint trying to clean up the DCEU using Flashpoint is like trying to clean up a mess with a hand grenade. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It might just get rid of everything, and then we'll have an even bigger mess. Well, that's kind of how the original Flashboy comics went. They used that to clean up the DCU, and we ended up the New 52, and that didn't work out so well. Truth. Yeah, there definitely is potential, but right now with DC and all the news, there's a lot of pressure going, I think. So so we're talking alternate realities, alternate endings. So why don't we move ourselves into the Snyder Cut? You know, so we've got, the as, as Mark said, you know, the the – First, the Justice League that came out was pretty well panned. I actually did enjoy it, but I think because I heard enough people pan it before I saw it that I, my expectations were low going into it. I just said, okay, this, it's, let's have fun. Um, but obviously, the, the you know, Zack Snyder, the other Zack, um, had a, a vision for it prior to um, – it being released and we've got, we, we've seen now footage of dark side and we've seen footage of all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And we know that HBO max is going to put out four one hour episodes. So four hours of justice league Snyder cut. Um, so what are people excited about or not excited about? So I don't actually remember the original justice league. Like it really blends together to me with Batman versus Superman because I don't, I think, I remember what, Stephen Wolf was one of the bad guys. Right. That's it. And I remember <laughs> they fought Superman at one point, right? Or is that in Batman vs. Superman that I they fought? I think that was Batman Superman. But when they brought no, him back. At the when, when they brought him back, yeah. So I wouldn't really call that a fight. That was more of Superman kind of handing them their butt. And then flying <laughs> yeah. off of Lois. So. Yeah. It's, I think, I mean, to, to me, the, I, there's so much excitement about it. And I'm wondering, like, why? Because everyone, nobody liked Watchmen. You know, nobody liked Justice League. Nobody liked Man of Steel. Nobody liked, I mean, I liked all these movies, but 
the consensus is that none of these were very good and did a terrible job of setting up the DCEU. And here we are, he's coming back. He's going <laughs> to redo his cut. So why are we excited about this? The collective we, I mean, I, I am excited about it because I like those movies, but why is it exciting? You know what I mean? If no one liked those other movies. It is interesting because I'll say Batman versus Superman, I wasn't a huge fan of. Man of Steel, I kind of liked. Uh, I really liked the soundtrack and um, and Justice League, like I've already discussed that. But yeah, when I heard that he was actually getting to do this, I was just like, well, it can't be worse. And then I like, and then the news started like building up, and then I started getting excited about it. And then I saw the trailer this weekend, and I was like, "That actually looks really good." Just what I saw of it. Plus, he also sucked me in with the Leonard Cohen song again. He did that with Watchmen <laughs> when I heard that. Yeah, the same song was in Watchmen, so I think that might be his favorite Leonard Cohen song, "Hallelujah." <laughs> but it was, um, it was like in both, and I was like, because people were complaining about that, they're like, it didn't really match, and I was like right that's the whole point i think it didn't really match all the action going on so and then i, I think it's also seeing dark side on the big screen for the first time that I mean, that's pretty incredible yeah i do dark side is one of my favorite villains so and i think that was part of it if, if you look at and and I, we will get in later i think the more the comparison of you know it's dc closing the gap you know with with marvel but part of the reason that Marvel's movies did well is they were awesome bad guys. I mean, there were some great villains and Steppenwolf was not really that exciting of a villain. And that really, you know, if you're bringing the, the, the greatest heroes in DC together to her Steppenwolf, it's kind of like, Ugh. no, it wasn't the coolest part of that movie. And it's funny when you mentioned that, the, the Justice League you forgot about it because honestly I, I don't know how much of that I can even remember to be honest I mean to me the coolest part of the whole thing was at the end when Deathstroke was <laughs> and I, I, in the post credit scene I was like cool man Deathstroke you know what I mean like yeah, that, everything before that you're right totally runs together with the darkness of Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman I, I can't tell you I know they fought Doomsday right at one point <laughs> I don't know I, I don't know Marvel, that I can start any Marvel of did the same Marvel wasn't out the gate like that either though right. yeah. you know if you think about it Iron Man <laughs> faced off against Iron Monger and then we never saw him again he died Hulk faced off against Abomination barely remember that movie you know Thor you only remember Loki because he's a rememberable character and then he is the main villain in Avengers. So, I mean, it's not really till Avengers that you actually have a doable character. Yeah, I am defending DC. I <laughs> no, mean, I no, think they shouldn't I have think, gone. I think you bring up a good they point. They should not have gone with Steppenwolf. They should have gone with somebody, you know, like a Deathstroke yeah. where people understood, you know, like everybody watched Teen Titans, you know? Yeah. That would have been a good one. Deathstroke think, would have been great. Or I think I don't know. Yeah. Like I think Stefan Wolf or any of the apocalyptic gods would have been awesome if they had done what they had done with like Thanos, where they had built up to them. Because that whole yeah. apocalypse, new gods, what it, you know, anything involving Dark Side is always awesome in the comics, but there's that entire lore that's built around it. Um and yeah. I, and they just kind of threw Stefan Wolf in. And yeah, then, no, I think you guys bring up a really good point. Like, I mean, I feel like that maybe they're even trying to copy the Marvel playbook a little bit by having like the Herald, like of you know, Dark Side first come down, and like they try to build them all individually. The problem was DC was so far behind that by the time they were bringing out Steppenwolf, 
Marvel was rolling, you know, had already shown Ultron and we're about ready to show Thanos and Thanos was in it. And, you know, so you're kind of, everyone's comparing. I mean, I think the, the DC movies, you know, the quality of them in particular, if you compare them to the early Marvel, those early Marvel movies weren't all that hot, you know, either. I mean, they were fine, you know what I mean? But when, when they're going through the origin story phase, like you're talking about with Hulk and Iron Man, they kind of had their missteps in a few, you know, that were marginally exciting based on just who was involved. But the problem was when they were going through that awkward phase, Marvel was just on fire doing what they were doing, which made it seem really kind of lackluster. So that maybe that brings up, you know, the, the chess match kind of deal of moving pieces and pieces. Once Marvel revealed, you know, once you kind of realized that every movie was connected to each other, you know, you had that, that narrative thread. So that when Ant-Man came out, I was like, Ant-Man, yeah. I like Paul Rudd, you know, but, oh, it's going to, it's going to connect to, there's going to be something in there that, that builds into everything else. And so I don't want to miss one of the movies, you know, and, and DC doesn't have that. DC is literally all over the map. Batman's going back to year two. Wonder Woman's going to 1984. I mean, you're just like, where is this all tying together? Yeah, I mean, DC's kind of doing that. I mean, Marvel's doing, they're kind of the opposite of what DC's doing. And I guess with the Doctor Strange movie, right, that's the multiverse of madness. Right. They might allow themselves that, but Brooks, that's actually something Brooks brought up earlier today. He's like, the Marvel movies at this point, you know, if you haven't seen the first 26 or whatever, however many it is at this point, you're not going to enjoy Black Widow anywhere near as much as if you had. Whereas kind of DC set themselves up, I would probably argue you know, by default, <laughs> you know, because they've kind of screwed up some, but they've set themselves up to be able to just set off of the Batman that you can enjoy from the first mm -hmm. time and then take advantage of HBO Max to, you know, explore the world around it. But, you know, Marvel at this point, you know, you, you, you I, how many people are going to go see The Eternal? I mean, at some point, the weight of having to have seen all the other movies is going to catch up to them, for sure, I think. And we know Marvel's reboot are a lot of characters who we don't know yet. You know, like you say, with the Eternals and and DC has got Wonder Woman and Batman. And we don't have much to say about the other hero in their trilogy yet, but other than the Snyder cut. But um, so so let's jump around a little bit because we want to make sure we touch on all of the, the big stuff. Um, you know, I think I feel like we want to finish up, you know, our our movie talk with Suicide Squad. So that puts us into Black Adam. Who you know when you Black Adam is a an anti-hero in the DC universe. He he often is is squared up against against Shazam against Captain Marvel, um, and they've cast The Rock, which is you mean just brilliant. I mean people are everybody's going to go see Black Adam, um, and 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 The Rock is and, and they made their panel. Boss Logic and Jim Lee's, you know, art mashup, which was just phenomenal. And then and then just The Rock talking about Black Adam and answering questions, which is just a win all around. So what do we and we've we've The Rock has mentioned that they're bringing in JSA into the Black Adam movie. So what do we think about Black Adam? It's going to be amazing. Well, especially if they it, it seems like they're pulling from Jeff Johns is uh is that how you would say that, Jeff Johns? You know, with the plural apostrophe. Um, you know, they're pulling from his uh, from his. If they pull from his JSA run, which had, was 
it was really Black Adam heavy and focused on his relationship with Kandahar and all the different, um, you know, members of the JSA, like you talked about it. That's what they, it seems like they're pulling from. And those stories were so good. So it's kind of funny. Jeff Johns isn't part of the cinematic universe anymore. Um, for whatever reason, there's a lot of controversy around it, especially now um, with the Snyder Cut coming out. I mean, we could spend a whole episode talking about the controversy <laughs> surrounding the Snyder Cut. But, um, you know, but his writing, his comic stories were always really good. Like his JSA run was spectacular. His Green Lantern run, um, even um, Doomsday Clock, once it finally finished uh, in its total, is a really good story. Um, but, you know, it. I'm really looking forward to see if they're pulling from that. And based on the um, panel, it looks like they really are pulling pretty heavy from that. Yeah. I think what I was most excited about was just how excited the rock was about the whole thing. Like, I mean, he, you know, he seemed like he was really well, I mean, maybe he, they briefed him for five minutes before the panel, but he seemed like he really knew that character and he really dug it. And they're clear to me, they're clearly setting him up to be like the, whatever phase two or whatever this is of the DCU, he's going to be the next bad guy. Right. I mean, he challenged Superman. I mean, he's going back to his old wrestling days where he's challenging, you know, he's doing a, he's, you know, running a, a bit where he's challenging Superman to a fight. And, you know, if, they, if you guys will be on my side or you won't and all that stuff, but he's clearly, I think going to be the bad guy of the next phase, um, which is interesting because it should start through Shazam. Right. Like, I mean, it, it I mean, it, traditionally, um, and it's going to get, you know, I mean, there was a lot of star power at that fandom and The Rock obviously being the biggest. I mean, but it, that that was exciting to see. I mean, they're, they're still able to pull some really incredible talent. And uh, just seeing The Rock was pretty awesome. Yeah, so I clearly think... where this is all pointing to is Stone Cold coming in <laughs> to battle The Rock with the fate of the DC Universe. <laughs> they should just have the beer, the, you know, the, the breaking glass, and it should actually be Stone Cold fighting Black Adam. Let's just go do that. Why not? You can come right out of one of the holes of the multiverse. It's just <laughs> stone cold. No, you know, Black, Adam's gonna... Black Adam in one of the post-credit scenes and call it a day. <laughs> in, all, in all seriousness, I think they were really smart to pick um, <laughs> The Rock. How do you he's keep, been, how if you guys, well, if you guys follow his Instagram, he's been talking about Black Adam for a while now. So he's been hyping that up for a while. And then that's just what The Rock does. Whenever he finds a new whatever avenue that he wants to go down, he knows how to hype it up so people watch it. Like the Titan Games, his um, his tequila that he, he started making. Um, like anytime he starts a new venture, he just hypes it up. Um, and then him just being a good actor, I think that's going to help maybe help the DCU, DCU get themselves together. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought you could make as many Jumanji movies as The Rock has made, you know, and have people keep watching them. But they're all yeah. fun. I mean, I, I, he doesn't do bad projects. I mean, yeah. what, whether it's a clothing line or a movie or whatever, I mean, he's going to make it work. I mean, I do believe that. I mean, you were most excited, I thought, about the Black Adam panel. What, what were you excited about? Um, the JSA. JSA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the JSA is probably my favorite like comic book. I mean, I was a huge All Star Squadron fan when I was younger, and I loved the Earth Two and all those old stories. And yeah, and they pulled a lot from that. Like, it's funny that you brought that up. Um, like the old uh, Batman stories, the Batman of Earth Two. Like a lot of the stuff that's been recycled into Tom King's 
and uh, Jeff Loeb's Hush came from those stories as well. In fact, uh, one scene from Hush was literally lifted almost word for word from those earlier Earth 2 stories. Um, so two things I just want to add on um, Black Adam is one is uh, the terrible. <clears throat> The tagline was, um, you know, this movie is going to change everything about the DC movies. Basically, I might be misquoting that, but it was something similar to Zach. When you say in all seriousness, there is no way I can look at that. <laughs> Why not? Why not, Gary? Why not? <laughs> like in all seriousness and all the paper plate is saying in all seriousness. <laughs> you got to get the paper plates. <laughs> recyclable gary gary where am where am i on your screen <laughs> you are um bottom right no i'm bottom right yeah you're bottom you're right top left um no i would be the other direction the other direction from where you were just that's down <laughs> <laughs> So the glare coming out up the other direction man <laughs> no that's straight there there i am no pastor batman do you have anything on black adam uh not on black adam i think <laughs> i don't know i'm more excited for the jsa like they said yeah to see dr fate and hawkman you know i think that's awesome i, yeah. I mean um it is weird the team is small right there's only four people on the JSA. Is that what they're doing for the movie? Uh, did they say, Brooks, you were talking about that earlier. Did they say they're going to have more people or that was just... I think they said it was like a taste of what's to come. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. they only revealed a handful. Yeah. I think they're yeah. going to reveal more. Because, I mean, it I'm sure they're, you know... I don't think they're It's gonna all males at this point. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, Cyclone. Cyclone's a female. Well, I did see a um, I did see a story today. I think it was on Comic Book Resources that uh, the Rock revealed that Hawkwoman was in originally in the script, but she didn't make the cut, so they kind of pulled her. But I have a funny feeling with Hawkwoman, they probably want to do a Hawkman film eventually, and they're probably saving her on deck for that film. And that would be an awesome film. I mean, oh would, yeah, I get if they could do Robert Venditti's just new run that was just phenomenal, um, yeah. I'd be all over that. What JSA characters would you guys most want to see? Jay Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Smasher is one of my favorites from that run of JSA with Jeff Johns. So I would love, to, I'm excited that he's going to be on there, especially if they, uh, if they do his character right. I'm all Dr. Fate, you know. That, I want to, I want the crossover movie Doctor Fate versus Doctor Strange. That's what I'm, you know, I'll wait. For. <laughs> oh, It'd be awesome! Oh, um, Wildcat Ted Grant. Yeah, every was, good movie needs a boxer. Was yeah. Uncle Sam ever part of the JSA, or was he just part of the Justice League? Which Who was one? that? Uncle Sam. Was that was um, the Freedom Fighters. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. But that might oh, be Earth Two. I can't remember. But Wesley Dodds' Sandman would be a good one, or Sandy as Sandman, whichever one you want to do. Dr. Midnight. I'd love to see Johnny Thunder. The Thunderbolt would be awesome. It would be a lot of fun. Um, who else? Oh, the Alan Scott Green Lantern. I mean, those are all, those are, would all be awesome to see. 
Yeah, they could use Johnny Quick if they can't do Jay Garrick because they want to save him for a Flash movie. Johnny Quick and Liberty Bell. Who did you say? Plastic Man. <laughs> Plastic Man was in the original. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They've got to, I can't believe they've made this many movies and not had Plastic Man yet. They've got to find something. He even had a cartoon on Saturday mornings. I mean, you know, you got to do something. Well, and bear with me. I know he's getting old and we've seen him in other DC movies that were bad, but that doesn't seem to matter. Jim Carrey as Eel O'Brien would be spectacular because he already had a plastic man in just his movements. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I never and I feel like yeah. I feel like that's something they've aimed for is they they want to have at least some sort of comedy aspect in their movies, you know. I always thought that he'd fit so well into the Shazam, the way the tone of Shazam's been so far. Like they, you know, they could unearth him from, you know, in that chamber or something, you know, go back to the egg like they had in the original metal and just put him in the Shazam's, you know, next to Shazam's throne or something and have him come out because he fits the tone of that really well. But it's, it's, well, I mean, definitely a fun character. So there's, there's a lot of possibilities right now with DC and they're, they're poised to do, you know, any number of things. And I think so. So we've got one more panel to talk about, and then we can kind of bring it all together um, and decide whether whether Zach's frown will start to turn upside down or not. <laughs> but um, so then I we've got Suicide Squad, which you know, so you got your first Suicide Squad, which my my daughters will say is their favorite DC movie already. You know, you had Will Smith, you had you know the the. The bad guys, you know, turn good. Harley Quinn, um, and Harley is is the one cast holdover, right, into the the new one, which is perfect. Yeah. Um, well, Rick Flag and Amanda Waller, if you unless you, I think they're both still and Captain Boomerang, right? He's coming back. But but are they recast? Right? I don't think so. It, no. Okay. I, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, and so, but the idea of James Gunn coming in I, I knew you know the the guardians of the galaxy was in my kind of blank phase of comics i wasn't really paying attention until the movie came out and it was like oh wow i love this these guys are phenomenal this is this is a great movie and and he did such a great job with it and then you know you, you have him come over to dc and give him suicide squad and i know that the hype machine is what it is but when he says he's had more fun making this movie and he's put more of himself into this movie, you know, I kind of think he has, I mean, it, it, you know, and when they show the, the, the footage of what they've got, this looks fun. And Michael Rooker's back. He's like both his brother and Michael Rooker are in, are in this film too. And that's just comedy gold, the three of them together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, like the second Guardians, that crushed me when he killed Yondu, because even though he was like so like off putting, he was such a cool character and Rooker just sold that so well. So I was excited to see the three of them doing this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was mo I think that was the panel I left most excited about. I mean, it's just I mean, I feel like James got like Mike, like you're saying, like, I mean, other than the Russo brothers, he's kind of the they're probably the, you know, your best go-to bet, you know I mean? For any of these guys with any of these movies and just, you know, all the random characters, you get the sense that they're going to be killing these guys off every five or 10 minutes in the beginning of the movie. And, you know, almost like a battle Royal going back to our wrestling analogies. Right. But I mean, you, I mean, you cracked up when you saw polka dot man 
<laughs> and the he's in a live action. I almost picture like the scene from Deadpool 2 where he's like, we're X-Force. And I'm like, that's just, what I was just thinking about. <laughs> I mean, they're just going to be killing people off left and right at the beginning of that movie. And I mean, even the way John Cena said, you know, he's like the douchey Captain America with the peacemaker. Right. I mean, they're, they're having a blast with that. And you can tell. And I just, I think that's, and you know, and, and Gunn's got a lot. I mean, he, you know, the circumstances that he came to that movie in, you know, I mean, he, I, I'm sure part of him, even though he's kind of reconciled, really wants to stick it to Marvel. You know, I mean, they should have never let him out of that camp to make that movie. And, and it, oh, I, he's back. Oh, yeah, no, I know. But it, it's going to back. No, for sure. But it's, um, that movie's going to be a hit. I mean, I think you can tell just, you know, looking at it. And it's probably going to be a franchise hit. It's going to keep going. Well, it's going to it's going to be interesting because he's coming back and doing Guardians three. So right. seeing him bounce between the two companies is going to be real. And that's just going to be fun in and of itself to watch. Yeah, and I wonder if he'll be able to do a Suicide Squad sequel if he, you know, if he or if he signed an exclusive thing or something. But it'll be, that'll be really curious to see him bouncing back and forth. I think they would share him because he he's he like you said he's pretty much gold. Whatever he touches right now, like he could leave from here and just do something completely off the cuff, different, and people would run and watch it. Yeah, for sure. Pastor Batman, anything on the uh, Suicide Squad for you? I mean, I've never been a Suicide Squad fan, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I only just started liking them when I just watched. Uh, the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War and the team they had there with uh, it was Harley Quinn, Boomerang, Deadshot, King Shark, and Bane. That was a nice, you know, lineup. <laughs> I, I like that. You know, mm-hmm. the, the characters flowed well with one another. So I think that's always my biggest uh, thing with Suicide Squad. You know, the first Suicide Squad movie, the characters didn't really mesh with each other that well. And so... Well, and there's going to be the, how many how many uh, members of the Suicide Squad are there going to be in this movie? There's a lot, right? A lot. It feels you're going to say most of them are going to die right off the bat. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> just what, right out the gun. You know, uh, about Flash. Oh, good, Mike. Oh, you know, Gun is even saying like like Polka Dot Man. He's just grabbing characters that he thinks are neat, even if they haven't been in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. We were talking about it earlier. I'm gonna predict that Polka Dot Man somehow makes it all the way through the movie. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna be waiting, him or the weasel. Think, yeah, <laughs> one of those guys will make it somehow. You're gonna be thinking they're gonna die every ten minutes, but they're gonna. Make I'm thinking it. Peacemaker's the first to go. I have, I have a feeling of that too, or Pete Davidson's character. Yeah. I wish they would have brought on Kite Man. I think that would have been <laughs> fantastic. You know, they're gonna need him for Tom King's epic salvo, though. <laughs> But, um, you know, we were talking about the multiverse earlier, and that's going to be a huge part of DC moving forward with their show and the movies, and they've already connected with the show. I think the true hero of the multiverse is King Shark. He's in the animated, he's in the comics, he's in the TV shows, and now he's going to be in the Suicide Squad. I mean, he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. he was in the TV show. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with a great white shark on two legs. <laughs> I mean, the, the what's, the, what's the TV show from the 90s? Street sharks. Uh, street sharks. Street oh, sharks. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had Baby Shark in 2019, right? So now it's King Shark, you know, just keep yeah. the theme going. The crossover you never knew you wanted. <laughs> I do love it, it. It is cool when you see somebody like Idris Elba 
who has gone from now Heimdall to the Suicide Squad, which is kind of cool when you get, you know, the, the, the crossover casting. Of course, my girls will always think of him as uh, is it Charles Minor from The Office, uh, which is the, the most unheroic, you know, role he's probably ever played. But never, he was in the office. I never knew that. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was really good in Luther. I was just about to say Luther. Yeah, man, it's like a darker Sherlock. Mm. It was amazing. Yeah. Like darker in the sense of like, uh, vul- like vulgar and bloody. Right. Yeah, he like kills someone in the first episode. Like pushes him off a railing. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and look, like right out of the gate. Guys. The different, um, the different like multi, not multiverses. What a, the different cinematic universes they're doing as well. Like you have Idris Elba who did Marvel. Mm-hmm. He did. He's now doing DC. He did the Fast and the Furious, which is becoming its own cinematic universe. Um, you could say the same about well, The Rock. I mean, the only thing he's missing right now is a Marvel movie, and I'm sure that's coming. Give it time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like if you go back historically, you can pull. Michael Keaton from one universe to the other too, you know, yeah. and so you, you know, I, I think both both companies just want to to cast good actors in good roles. Um, so I think we've got all the various parts um, who from the from the weekend, and now let's just you know kind of put them all together. Mark was mentioning this, this morning or yesterday, actually, you know, the the presence of Jim Lee you know, in so many of the, the different uh, pieces over the weekend and panels. And, and so Jim Lee is the creative director, the, the, you know, the chief creative officer in DC Comics. And so he's pulling all these things together and he did art critiques. And, and I know Mark mentioned the idea is, is he the new Feggy? You know, is he the, you know, the guy? But he struck me as the comic book tie-in more of a Stan Lee because I'm not sure how DC all hangs together just yet. Um, so, so, so I guess a couple of questions, just throw it out there. So this is DC's, you know, putting cards on the table to say, get excited for us. You know, Marvel's kind of quiet right now. We know Black Widow's going to come out in November. We don't know when the Disney Plus series, I guess Captain and, uh, was it Winter Soldier and Falcon is the first series they're going to release, I think. Um, you know, what are we looking forward to the most? Is is DC starting to close the gap in Marvel with excitement? What do we think? I think is so. I mean, ju- I think the Justice League HBO Max thing, I think, sets them out the gate better. Because I this is something I didn't say when we were talking about it. The director's cut for Batman Superman makes that movie great. Like, if you've actually watched the director's cut for Batman vs. Superman, it makes the movie make total sense because the scenes they took out were scenes where like, Oh, of course, like this is why Batman had a problem with Superman and Superman had a problem with Batman, you know? So I'm excited actually for the director's cut. Um, but I, I think they are, I think Marvel's they've gone down, you know, it's, it's hit the law. You know, I don't think black widow is going to do that great. So, you know, it's, it's funny. I think Marvel got caught, Unfortunately, like I, you kind of got the sense, and even like Mike, you mentioned we were at Comic Con last year when they did their big panel. They, you know, you kind of got the sense they were using, you know, some of these movies that are coming out, Black Widow and the Eternals and Shang Chi, 
and they're kind of taking a pause for a second to really develop what, you know, behind the scenes, what was going to be the next exciting part of their storytelling, which was going to be the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. They referenced both of those. So here they are, they're kind of, they, and then COVID came and they've stalled out in the middle of this moment where now they have a year's worth of movies they've got to put out that really aren't their best foot forward. I mean, I'm excited for Black Widow. I'm excited for the Eternals, but really more just because they're part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Everyone's really excited for the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, I think, mm -hmm. is the next thing everyone's going to be super psyched about. And This will be number three Fantastic Four, right? Third think, one? Yeah. Let's yeah. see if they can get it right. Yes, but you get the sense they'll get this one right somehow. Um, and they haven't done anything, they've never done anything totally poorly either, but I, I they have this moment where they're kind of stuck in you know, the Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and some of the properties that aren't as familiar with everybody, where DC's coming out with the Suicide Squad, which everyone's super excited about, Wonder Woman, Batman, some things that are really, you know, the Snyder Cut, that are really exciting projects with a lot of their heavy hitters. And, and I think, you know, that that's just something that, it's a moment that they can take advantage of. And, mm -hmm. and, and it seems like they're poised to. If they do it right, um, the thing with Marvel's Law is that there's two things that could happen. Yeah, people could lose interest or they have time to regroup and really make some spectacular things. Like the Eternals, if done right, man, that's going to be such a good movie because it, it, it's like it's it's an unsung kind of uh, – if you don't really read comics, you know nothing about the Eternals because they've never really done much with them. They might have appeared somewhere in the animated shows somewhere distantly but you really don't know much. And they, they did stumble a lot with Inhumans um, with the TV show and all, but the Inhumans didn't take off like the comics wanted to either. Um, and I just, uh, I just happened to look up something. Uh, Hawkman, I did not know this. I must've missed it. He's going to be in Black Adam. So that's a spectacular spinoff right there. I mean, they are poised. If they pull it off right, it would be spectacular, but they don't have a Kevin F there. The kind of if they pull it off right. I mean, uh, Jim Lee's there, but I'm not sure he's in that role. I know that's originally what they wanted Jeff Johns to be. And again, go ahead and look up online to find out what happened with that. But it's um, and he would have been the guy to me to be able to do that because he, I think, when it comes to DC Comics, he knows everything about it. Yeah, and I think Mike, what you said was right. I mean, they're they're kind of positioning Jim Lee in between. Stanley and Kevin Feige. I guess he's as close as they have to either one of those at this point. Um, you know, they they kept. I mean, they mentioned. I mean, it seemed like he was in every panel. I mean, it felt like to me, Jim Lee was. And you can tell. I mean, ever since Dan Didio left, I mean, it seems like Jim Lee's kind of taken that over. And frankly, they've been on a roll. I mean, mm -hmm. the comics have been great. The announcements of the movies have been great. They're doing a lot of really smart things. Um, and and everyone mentioned that he's kind of got his hand in there. Like in in the TV show panel, they talked about how. They consulted with Jim Lee to get that off the ground and they've kind of mentioned him and everything. So I feel like he's kind of going to be in that role, which is exciting because I get the sense that guy just really loves comics and telling great stories. One thing, and, and Mark was the one that pointed this out, um, you know, Mark and Brooks, like, okay, you just had, you know, DC's big weekend of all of this, you know, you've got Wonder Woman, you've got Batman, you've got all this cool stuff going on where was Superman? Like what, like total non, you know, entity. How do you reboot 
DC without with oh well we're going to do some already footage we had with with Superman for the Snyder cut. Holy moly, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think and I think a lot of people on Twitter were hoping that actually DC would come back and re-solidify their love for Henry Cavill. I really think that's what people I mean, I I think he's the best Superman I've ever seen. I agree. You know, I don't I mean they need to keep going with that and I don't know what the deal is there. We do know that super, the Christopher Reeve Superman was, I think, 20 years older than Dustin. So, yeah, <laughs> excuse Dustin. He, I don't even think he knows what Superman was with Christopher Reeve. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Superman 4, right? <laughs> no, we don't talk about that one. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. Um, but I, the rumor is, and I can't remember where I read it, so if I'm lying up to you, I'm sorry. But um, the rumor is that apparently uh, uh, Henry's Superman is going to be kind of like um, the Spider-Man of the MCU, where he's going to like make appearances in the different movies and kind of be the glue that holds everything together, but not have his, or I'm sorry, not Spider-Man, Hulk. Um, where he he's going to appear in these different films and have his a storyline here and there, but they're going to kind of stay away from doing a straight up Superman movie for a while, um, especially since the last two they tried didn't do so well. Which and, is super lame because Superman is one of the best heroes, in this. right? That, that that that's what I I mean I'm so shocked like they, and I, you keep hearing everyone say that it's impossible to do a good Superman movie. And I'm like, why? Why is it hard? I mean, I, you know, he's too powerful and all that stuff, but why? I mean, you know, is he any more powerful than Thor or, you know, Captain Marvel, certainly? I mean, any, I mean, I don't understand. It seems like it would be really easy to tell a decent Superman story, and I agree with you. I, I think, I, you know, there's no reason they can't pull that off. The he's exile the right villain. That's it. Because he's in space. Try, he's exiled from Earth because, you know, he did something and he's traveling to all these and, you know, he gets a beat down from Mongol and then comes back and beats him. That would be a terrific storyline. It's, it's not that well known, but man, it was a good one. Yeah. The, the other thing they've been doing with him in the comic books that I really like is they brought when they brought in John, it's made him more vulnerable, you know, to have a young son that, you know, can be, as <laughs> uh, you know, threatened by superheroes. I mean, even though he's Superboy himself, I mean, but it's just seeing that human side of him with, you know, family and that kind of thing makes that rounds that character out to me. And I think introduce that in this world, that's certainly another way they could, you know, make him more interesting. Yeah. It was wild. There, no, no other uh, movie has played on a father son relationship yet. So I think, you know, if DC really wants to like break that with Superman, they'd be great. Yeah. No, you're right. And now that you mentioned, I can't think of one. The only father-son real relationship was um, in Guardians Two. I was just gonna say, <laughs> where, which was a really odd, you know, dysfunctional uh, father-son relationship. The planet, <laughs> the planet, the and, and you, you know, as as the actual kind of like you know bad that was there for him, who stole him from from Earth, but <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, but we just mentioned how that was one of the highlights of the MCU, like maybe one of the under, you know, maybe one of the low key ones, just that how great Rooker was playing that part and how that's a standout scene. So, I mean, it goes back to there's room for that. And if that's what it takes to make a Superman, you know, resonate, you know, I'm all, I'm all. I I honestly think there is a, there's a deeper theme. There is a father hunger in our society. 
So to have a movie where you lift Superman up, not as just as a hero, but as a good dad, I think you'd see a ton of men going to that movie just to understand how can I be a better father? Because that's all, I mean, that's what we do with every superhero movie. We want to be like the hero. And so what greater way to really reach a male-based comic book culture than making Superman learn the struggles of fatherhood, but also be an example of what fatherhood could be. I just think if you tackle that theme, I, mm-hmm. I'd go see that movie in a heartbeat. And I think a lot of other people would too. And what better way to do it than by bringing in someone who's not even, you know, from this planet, you know what I mean? Who, who can relate to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and who goes to these movies? I mean, it's, you know I mean? It's, it's a lot of families and a lot of people, you know, it's something that, I mean, to me, it's, just, it, it was wild just to watch the whole weekend and be like, wow, other than his appearance in the suicide squad video game, where they're trying to kill him because he's brainwashed by Brainiac in a brief, <laughs> you know, the brief, you know, Zack Snyder thing where they showed him maybe in the black outfit, you know, there really was no mention of him. I mean, he's their guy, right? I mean, he's outside of Batman. He's the number two guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you, what you uh, said earlier with the comics, uh, Bendis has really kind of hit that um, relationship thing with him. Like he's made him really vulnerable in some of his relationships, not only with his son, John, but even there was a scene where Lois had been gone for a while and she came back and didn't let him know. And then like Bendis really captured that in a few moments. And he was like hurt. He's like sitting here hovering above her and he's like hurt like this, you know, he's not even like, like he's like a God floating in the air, but you could see by his facial uh, expression and what he was saying that his feelings were hurt. And you're like, that is such a cool moment to be able to take yeah. something invincible and bulletproof and show that he can be hurt. No, really. And I like all the Bendis Superman. I feel like it's underappreciated really like in the way in, you know, in these conversations, I mean, there's, there's so much love for the Tom King Batman run and all these things, but I really have like the Bendis and even before that, you know, what everything they've done with Superman and rebirth, because it's everything you just mentioned, they've made him human, you know, maybe, and maybe in some ways more human, which is ironic because he's an alien, you know, which is, which is where all of that could lie in the movies, which, you know, I, they just seems like they're totally not trying to develop him at all right now, which is interesting. And we've now gone from, you know, the, the, we've really entered the dark because the paper plate is now the night, you know, shrouded in darkness. All we've got is a smile there. So clearly it's probably getting, you know, we're, we're, I think we're winding up here. So let's, let's go around the screen and say, you know, based on, on the DC fandom, what is the one thing that you are most looking forward to? And, and realize too, that the, uh, they've split fandom into two parts and September 12th, there'll be some more stuff going on. But for right now, what is it um, that, that, you know, individually you, who you are most excited about? Batman. Easily. <laughs> Batman. That's not even a question. I'm going to go hold back, Justin. Don't hold back. Condiment Kings, what do you think? I'm going to go Suicide Squad. I was really I was really excited about that. I think that looks like the most fun night out. What do you think, Brooks? Mm, I guess Suicide Squad and also the Snyder Cut. Yeah. He was excited. He was most excited about the Gotham Knights game, but I think that... Uh, <laughs> I'm with he you. left out the games. He's like, man, we don't get to talk about it. <laughs> 
I, I do think like, the game. I think the game's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to be good unless they bring Batman back. I think that's uh, if, if they don't close the game off with Batman coming back in there, then you know he's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be like a battle for the cowls type thing, cowl type deal Ooh. where it's, you know, the game goes to the game and he cut, he gets to become Batman. And then a week later, Batman comes back and he's like, good job. You did all this work, but give me back my cape. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's entirely, I mean, it, but again, just a great story. I mean, you know, even though it's a video game, they really came up, they knocked out of the park with the story there. Mm. Zach, how about you? The thing you're most looking forward to? Um, Black Adam and then the Gotham Knights. I, I like I like your notion that that the Rock saves the DC universe. I think it's, there might be something. I, he's going to be. He is the savior of the DCU. He will be, or he will be a shining light in the the murky murky darkness that is the DCU. <laughs> Jeff Sanders, what do you got there, Sanders? So, um, I like the Batman trailer, but I think I'm most excited about the Snyder Cut. There's been so much hype there. Um, you know, the trailer was really good. I'm excited about it. I want to see it. And I know the real Jeff Sanders um, is uh, planning on doing a watch party at his house. Um, oh, right. I don't know if he wanted that public yet, but I went ahead and outed him anyway. <laughs> um, so, you know, we have uh, four nights to hang out at Jeff's house, which I'm sure Kendra, his wife, will love. Um, he loves us knowing her knowing her love of nerd culture but uh he's going to um he already said that he was excited he has hbo max he's ready to go as soon as they premiere it good one i think that i mean that that when you look at daredevil what the dustin mentioned and and the and the way that superhero culture is now translating into episodic epi- like you know series like that and doing that with a Snyder cut is a blast. You know, we've still, we've yet to see what Marvel was going to do with Disney plus and their home series. Um, so, but it's really exciting to think you can sit at home and, and be get content like you when you go out to the theater. So I got to say though, for me, I'm with Mark on suicide squad. I think being the thing that, um, you know, the, the first go round of guardians of the galaxy and something I knew nothing about, gun really pulled me in um and there's just you know so many mo- cool moving parts and the way they promoted it um i'm all in I'm, I'm looking forward to it so i think those are our initial thoughts on the uh dc fandom and weigh in with yours in comments or uh any which way you want to you know to get in touch with us we'll put jeff's cell phone number uh in the comments and you can call him anytime night or day <laughs> It's also on a lot of bathroom walls. I just, you know, just <laughs> around. And we'll see what, what we can do next time to uh, to get Zach's hopes up only to let them down and crush him into a frowning paper plate once more. And so that's going to be us for Pulp Revelators tonight. We will sign off. Of- and see. Smile.
Proof.